When you shut down, the other may take your silence as consent. So they think you're in agreement with what they're saying, even though this may be far from the truth. You may think that your boundaries are being crossed all the time, but in fact, it's just that you don't know how to set them yet. You may also think you're weak, easy to be pushed around, and you may end up feeling a lot of resentment. Or you may feel awkward and lonely because shutting down disconnects you, not only from your capacity, but it also disconnects you from others. Now, you may be wondering, is this always going to be like this? The answer is no. Communication shutdown is just a trigger reaction, and there's definitely a remedy for it. I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Welcome to the Language Alchemy Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Alejandra Siroca, a transformative communication teacher and coach devoted to helping you have more peace and harmony in all your relationships. Are you someone who sometimes doesn't know what to say and many times says nothing? And have you noticed the kind of guilt or shame you feel because you just stayed quiet? And do you then spend a lot of time replaying the conversation in your head as if you could go back and have the clarity or the courage to say something meaningful? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, or if you thought of someone who would answer yes to these questions, then this podcast episode is going to be really useful for you. Because in this episode, I want to talk about communication shutdowns, the cause, the effect, and a possible remedy. But first, I want to start with a story. It was the year 2002. I was teaching English as a second language in a public school in the outskirts of Boston. A new immigrant family came to our school with their two kids who were placed in my classroom. They were from Uruguay. The oldest child, let's call him Martin, was in second grade at that time. The records from his previous school show that he didn't speak at all. When I met him, he hid behind his mother's legs. I remember squatting to get down and make eye contact with him. And, you know, I'm short and he was a pretty tall kid. So I lost my balance and almost fell and I laughed. When we made eye contact, I made a funny face and he kind of smiled at me, but he didn't say a word, even though I was speaking in Spanish to his mom and to him. In a meeting, his mom told me Martin only spoke inside the home. Don't take it personally, she said. That's the way he is. She also mentioned she had him go through all kinds of tests, but no one knew why Martin didn't utter a syllable outside his home. Martin's mom also told me that if I needed to, his little sister Letty, who was in kindergarten at the time, could have Martin sort of whisper to her in her ear, and then she would act as his spokesperson. The next week, when Martin came to my classroom, I played a guessing game with all my students. I was teaching them the names of colors. In this game, 
I would hide a card behind my back and then students had to guess which color it was by pointing at things of various colors in the classroom. It was a silent game. No one would have to say a word out loud. Martin participated. Then, in this game, each student picked a color card without showing it to me. This time, I would go around the classroom pointing at things and trying to guess the color each student had picked. But I gave my back to the class and asked them to whisper, then hum, and then make a loud noise when I guessed their color card. And Martin participated. Finally, still with my back to the class, I pretended I got all the colors wrong. So I would pick up a red card and I would say something like, this is yellow, or is it purple? I'm not doing it justice, but the kids were loving this game and they were getting louder and louder using words in English. At some point, someone yelled, that's blue, that's not orange. That was a new voice. It was Martin's. I kept playing the game for a little while longer, still with my back to the class. I wanted Martin to keep using his voice, which he did. And I also didn't want the kids to see that I had tears of joy rolling down my face. The thing is that even though I don't work with young children anymore, I still meet many adults who, like Martin, seem to lose their voice. Adults who say nothing, not even a mm-hmm, in moments that are really important. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, when my neighbor's voice, let's call him Pedro, had no sound when he was unloading his truck and taking the new plants he just got for his backyard, and two women walked by in the directions of the hiking trails that we have here in our neighborhood, and these women said, good morning, how good they're giving you work during these hard times, insinuating that he was a worker who's been hired by the owners of the house. He said nothing. I've had my share of experiences like Pedro's. Or like my clients, let's call them Zinni and Ross. They get in major fights when Ross is sharing their big feelings with Zinni and Zinni just looks down, eyes fixed on the colorful cushion she's firmly holding on her lap, unable to utter a sound. Or like a dear client of mine, let's call him Josh who would share the play-by-play of a conversation he would have with his boss. And when I would ask in our session, did you say all this to your boss? He would bite his lips and say, no, I just stay quiet. Or I just smiled and said, okay. In all these situations, Martin my neighbor Pedro, my client Zinni, and Josh, they all go through communication shutdown. And when our capacity to communicate shuts down, we lack a combination of communication elements. We have no words, no sounds, no clarity, no discernment to say something coherent, useful, or needed. It's like we freeze. Or as my client Morgan would say, 
It's like everything stops, including my breath and my brain. And this is really tragic because if we want to have meaningful relationships, it is important to be able to speak up in those moments when our voice is much needed. Now, why does this happen? What's the cause of communication shutdowns? More often than not, the cause is fear. Like a deer who's paralyzed in front of a car's headlights, when we experience great fear, some of us become immobilized. And the thing is that communication requires movement. Movement of three systems. The air pressure system, which encompasses the diaphragm, the chest muscles, the ribs, the abdominal muscles, and the lungs. Then we have the vibratory system, which includes the larynx and the vocal folds or vocal cords, and the resonating system, which includes the throat or the pharynx, the oral cavity with its various muscles like the tongue, and the nasal cavities. When we are scared, the nerves that connect the brain to the brain stem or to the spinal cord send a signal to either activate or deactivate certain muscles and control their movement. And just as you heard, there are many muscles that need to move for us to have a voice. So when my client Morgan says that when he goes into communication shutdown, everything stops, including his breath, he is completely accurate. Now, Say you're talking with someone, or at least you think you're communicating with someone, and this person goes into communication shutdown. What is the cause? Now you know, they're afraid. And this fear creates physical shutdown and relational shutdown. What I find so interesting about communication shutdown is that the fear most people have when they go into this shutdown mode is that if they say something, they think this may have a terrible impact on the relationship. So better to say nothing at all so that we don't offend the other person. Or better to keep it quiet so that we don't upset the other person. Or better to look down and wait for the moment to pass so that there's no drama. And the fear is that if the other gets offended, upset, or dramatic, then the relationship will end or the other person will leave us or abandon us. But you know, the more you shut down and the more you stay there saying nothing, the more this habit will negatively impact the other person and your relationship with them. And what about the consequence of communication shutdown? Well, if you have this habit, I want you to know that it's not that you lack clarity. It's just that you don't have clarity in that moment. You know this because you usually spend a lot of time rehashing the conversation in your head. And when you do, you do hear yourself clearly saying things to the other person. Things that could have made a difference. And this is one of the consequences that you spend a lot of extra energy rehashing that conversation in your head. Or you may also, like many of my clients, experience embarrassment, shame, and lack of respect. Because when you shut down, the other may take your silence as consent. So they think you're in agreement with what they're saying, 
even though this may be far from the truth. So if you have this habit, you may think that your boundaries are being crossed all the time. But in fact, it's just that you don't know how to set them yet. You may also think you're weak, easy to be pushed around, and you may end up feeling a lot of resentment. Or you may feel awkward and lonely because shutting down disconnects you not only from your capacity, but it also disconnects you from others. And when others are talking to you and you go on communication shutdown, they sometimes think you don't care. And honestly, they may get upset with you. So they feel disconnected from you as well. Now, you may be wondering, is this always going to be like this? The answer is no. Communication shutdown is just a trigger reaction and there's definitely a remedy for it. Just like there was with Martine and Zinni. And with Morgan, well, we're still working on it. If you tend to have this particular kind of habit, I'm going to tell you one very simple and powerful thing you can do about it. But before I do that, I want you to know that in those moments when you feel afraid, it is possible to defreeze, to have movement inside, to open up, to have a voice, to create connection. I know connection with others and the feeling that others are experiencing connection with you is very important to you. I know that the fear of losing that connection is what presses that internal shutdown button. But as you may be able to see, your shutting down does not give you more connection. It actually gives you the opposite. It gives you disconnection. And it doesn't have to be this way. If you resonate with what you're hearing, I want to invite you to check out this six-week online course I'm teaching called Choosing True Connection. Learning to listen without losing your cool, taking it personally, or giving up who you truly are. In this course, I'm going to teach you several things you can do on a daily basis to work with the habit of shutting down. Enrollment is closing soon. For more information and to sign up, go and visit languagealchemy.com forward slash enroll. Now, as I said before, there's a remedy for this shutting down habit. And there's one simple and powerful thing you can do right now to shift this habit. And that is to learn to breathe fully into your belly so that in those moments, you can have proper movement of the three physical systems and of those familiar thoughts that get stuck in your internal dialogue. To recap, in this episode, I shared about the cause, the effect, and a remedy for this disconnecting trigger reaction I'm calling communication shutdown. I know you can move away from this disconnecting reaction because you are a capable adult. I know you can move away from this habit of shutting down in a supportive environment. And I highly recommend you go and check out the six-week online course I'm starting soon called Choosing True Connection. Go to languagealchemy.com forward slash enroll. And in the meantime, as you interact with others this week, 
May you be aware of your capacity to choose true connection and have movement in those moments when you're scared and feel frozen and you go into shutdown. Thank you so much for listening. And a special thanks to my client, Shannon M., for learning to set her voice free and communicate with greater capacity and ease. Next week, I'm going to talk all about triggers. Until then, as we say in Argentina, ciao, ciao. Thank you.